Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about films for a brief period of time, and then we're going to fuck off out of your lives. Uh, but we've um, we've watched um, a film in the cinema, yes, and an old film that is available on streaming services at the same time. Um, I went to see Julieta at the cinema. Julieta. Now I looked at this. It looked quite. It looked quite uh, good, or at least it was made by good people. I couldn't really tell much. Well, from the before public. I start, I want to draw attention to some. Very bad cinema behaviour. Oh. So I was in the cinema, my Crouch and Picture House, my favourite cinema. It's always sitting at the back, on the back. There was uh, people sitting, sitting, sitting sporadically around, scattered around the cinema. Right. A couple came in three minutes into the film and sat, I mean there's lots of rows empty, sat, sat, I'm at the back, about three or four rows ahead of me, there's a couple sitting in the middle. There's not many seats in the rows. The couple came in and sat directly in front of the couple in the row, and there's no one else sitting on either row, yeah. on either on either bit. Um, etiquette dictates you slip, you sit slightly to one side. Yeah, they that's, sat that's... direct, and then the couple immediately got up and moved. Yeah, yeah. a seat to the right. But it was such asshole. Yeah, yeah. But they could sit any one of those places. I thought these people should immediately be killed. Well, they probably should be. I think that would be fair and uh, balanced. It's, what sort of person? I know it's odd, isn't it? Just thinks oh, this there's, this row is completely empty, and the row in front is completely empty. Do you think it was malicious, or do you think they just wanted to sit direct centre of the screen? I think some people don't act uh, are so unaware of other people, mm. but you've still got to be an arsehole to think that to. Well, I think being completely unaware of other people makes you an arsehole regardless of your motivations. What I'm trying to say is, should I have taken action? No, you should not have shot them up in a cinema. That I, I, It's I've been done not, before. It's, it's been, been done before and it doesn't help anyone. I just did, I felt frustrated for the couple. These people got away with this behaviour. Mm. And they're not the sort of people who listen to film podcasts either. Well, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Because all them. of our listeners are the highest quality of people that... They the are some of the most intelligent. Oh, but they did an emotionally I... intelligent as well. Yes, Mark. of I mean, course. They, they just understand. It? They get it. Is it just they're not on the spectrum? They are people who you could happily leave your children with for the evening. Yeah, at short notice, having never met them before, and you would know that they're fine. You wouldn't even worry. 
and they come back more educated. If anything, you know, you'd want to leave, <laughs> just leave them there. You leave your children with these people, they come back more educated and cleaner. They'd all been washed down. And you feel guilty taking your own kids home because they would have had a better life with the Film Fandango listeners. And the children say, listen, I t- sorry, Dad, but I don't want you to be my dad. I want to be shared around the listenership of the Film oh, Fandango day by day. By, I mean, we could almost enough to get a whole year's worth. Mm. And then they cut, and then a year later, the child would come back. <laughs> like, some prodigy. I mean, if only there was a way we could harness this essence of goodness that we've managed to find in the world. If you would like to help raise our imaginary child, <laughs> why not donate? <laughs> why not tell us that by donating some money? Uh, to the Film Fandango course by going to the Film Fandango website and clicking on donation otherwise the child will die the child will die this took an odd turn I wasn't expecting this um, so back to the film yes. I went to see Julieta it is um, Pedro Almodovar's latest film the infamous a uh, Spanish writer and director yes um, he's done works I've never I think I've tried to watch All About My Mother I started to watch The Skin I Live In, which I hated. Oh, really? Um, and he's another one like, I'm so excited. Uh, Volva. Talk to her is quite famous. I've never really watched um, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Uh, you may have seen some of those. I've never really watched them because I just thought, this sounds a bit... Um, well, this is going to sound racist. What what is it going to say? It's felt a bit too Spanishy. Spanishy. Do you know what I mean? No. What what was what? Too Spanishy. Too Spanish. But how Spanish? In what sense? Like too Spanish. Like had loads of bulls and like loads tapas of bulls in it. Tapas flags everywhere, and no um, pausing in sentences. <laughs> they do speak fast as a people. I was trying to remember my GCSE Spanish while watching this. Right. I realised all the words slur together because rather than and they just say e they just slur yeah I, I used to speak Spanish it's this sounds while, terrible but, but I would much prefer the Spanish if they just had paused if they were a bit more like Eeyore rather than like Tigger yes please if they were just a bit quieter they hated themselves a bit more yes and they just had the excitement punched out of them more English. If there could be more English, please. And these are the sort of views, <laughs> these sort of mildly racist views, yeah. are the ones that take the country back to the, to back the 50s, to the empire. Basically, <laughs> 1950s. I mean, there's more, there's two million British people living in Spain, apparently, something like that. Well, anyway, I'll put those views aside. Sure. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. What's it about? So it's a story of uh, I'll just tell you the bit in the, that they do in the trailers. So a lady, she's about to, she's in her fifties or so. She's about to leave Madrid. 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 How do they say it? Madrid. 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 I I learnt Spanish in Peru, so I I don't have the th. I don't I don't really Madrid. get that Madrid. I got an A for my GCSE Spanish, but I just, did you? mostly by just doing the. Acting. What did you talk about? Donde está el parque metro? Where is the park? Aquí. Yeah, aquí. <laughs> oh, no lo sé. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Did you have to do the fe, fe, fe in your in your? Exam? When I did my French and Spanish GCSE exams, yeah. I just did a lot of the sound in the oral exams. Yeah. 
just got through by just making the sounds. So in f- the French used to go, ah, uh, Dolores. Just, just make it. it sounds not- like you, you're a conversational. Yeah. So you speaker. make, you just do yeah. all the sounds and the grunting, and that can fool a lot of examiners. Well, it turns out I, I always uh, in Spanish thought well, if I didn't know the word for something, I would just think, what's the ponciest English word for that, and then sort of Spanishify it. And usually it's right because our poncier words come from the Latin, so mm. it, it's usually correct. And Spanish is, it's, it's a language that knows its rules. It very rarely deviates from them. You know, straight down the line. You can see why they liked uh, fascism for so long. You know, they knew the rules and they stuck to them. This is a very controversial. I expect we're going to be losing six of our Spanish listeners. I don't think so. I mean, you can't deny that uh, they just let Franco, their their fascist dictator, die of old age rather than getting rid of him. Eighties, seventies. Yeah, yeah. Just carried on with fascism. Well, there's no fascism in this. Good, Um, but. So there's, she's about to move to Portugal with her partner, but she's got a secret, and she's just stuck, she bumps in to one of her daughter's old friends in the street, and then it flashes back to the 1980s and tells the story. It looks exquisite. Yeah. It looks great. It's glo- go and watch this in the cinema. There was a photo I saw of it, a publicity still from it, and it looked like an origin story for. Um, absolutely fabulous. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that oh, comes across. So the actually watching it. The main, uh, uh, the protagonist is played uh, in her later life by Emma Suarez, you might recognise from uh, lots of uh, Spanish films I've sure. seen it before. All the Spanish films. Everything Spanish. And the younger version of her, I did, I have to confess, I did fall in love with. Uh, called Adriana Ugarte. Oh, yeah. Some people, sometimes you get a face with this, the camera just lo- loves loves it. Yeah, yeah. She just looked great, and she changed, and you see her life in those sort of 80s, and oh, we were in the sort of 70s, and the first part takes place on a train. And it's so beautifully shot, and it's you don't know what's happening, it's quite quirky, it feels like there's a, a magical, otherworldly edge to it, even though it's set in reality. Yeah. Something quite odd and quite mythical about it. I can't really explain. Oh, his buddy look. Hello, buddy. Buddy's come back from his walk. What did you think of the film, buddy? He's gone. He's gone. Oh, hey. thanks, buddy. Um, I very much enjoyed it. How many Marricks? Eight. Eight Marricks? He's one of the best films I've seen this year. Brilliant. Just feels, just feels inventive. It's just a story which doesn't really... It, 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 it's actually quite tightly done. It's sort of uh, nicely. It brings you right back to sort of. It's a retrospective that comes back into the point where you started. Right. Um, Does it work with the the two uh, actors playing the same? The person? transition between the old. It's got one of the greatest transitions between the old young actress and the new actress in one scene. Is she in a revolving door? No, but it <laughs> <laughs> just comes out old. No. It's, has, uh, has it done, is it in a is it in a phone box? Yeah, she goes her in. hand and she does a, a put in front of her face and no, it's, I won't tell you how it's done. I rewatched Mission Impossible should Three. I tell, should I tell you how it's done? Yeah, do. She's drying her children are drying her hair, and they're drying her face, and then the towel comes up and she's the older actress. Can that happen? 
Yes. If your kids dry your face. If you let your children dry your face, don't let them rub too hard, I say we'll take 20 years (laughs) off it. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot to take the sandpaper out, and it... There's a great bit in um, Mission Impossible 3, I've rewatched and I've, I've forgotten about this bit, where, you know, in th- their world they have those rubber masks that just make you uh, look exactly like someone else, as in you're played by another actor. Yeah. And the usual thing uh, to do is they put a rubber mask on Tom Cruise and they're fiddling with it, and then the camera goes behind his head, and by the time it's on the other side, it's now the other actor. Yeah. Well,. They do a very smug thing where he's dressing up as Philip Seymour Hoffman. So he he has a rubber Philip Seymour Hoffman mask and they're fiddling with it and making it go. And the camera does exactly that move. It goes behind his head. Um, and you you go, okay, it's going to be Philip Seymour Hoffman by the time it reaches the other side. And by the time it reaches the other side, it's still Tom Cruise in a rubber mask and they slowly transition between that and Philip Seymour Hoffman right in front of your very eyes. Okay. So they, they they sell you the dummy that it's they're going to yeah. do it the old-fashioned way, and they go, no, we can do it in more clever ways now. It, and it's really good. That's the best bit of that film, where Philip Seymour Hoffman's doing stunts because he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Good old Tom Cruise. Good old Tom Cruise, eh? Um, um, yeah, well, go and watch this if you want to see... Uh, I thought it... it People are saying it's him back towards his best, which not really knowing much about one of our films, I couldn't tell you, but I very much enjoyed it and it really made me want to go and have a glass of wine in Spain. I love the Spanish now. I don't over it. I mean, I, I did yeah. believe you for a moment. Did you be, is that convincing? Yes, now you're like a politician making an apology. I would be a really good politician. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what should we do now? I think it's time for this. Lots of people do like writing letters, and one of those people is Martin Appleyard. And he says, Hello David, Marrick and Buddy. I understand from episode 250 that due to his lack of effort and general tardiness, Chris Webb has been sacked from his job as your number one fan. this is before I read out, if you listened to last week, Chris Webb did reply. Yes. Well, this is Martin's attempt to... Who I mentioned last week is a fast... You did. Yes. uh, He's trying to knock him off the top spot. He, Martin says, Can I therefore submit my application to replace him? I have listened to every episode right from the Absolute Radio pre marrick days. I've sent in several letters over the years with various discussion points and have an IMDb score of 28. It's pretty decent. <laughs> if it wasn't for Spirited Away, I'd be in the 50s. Like Marrick, I am bald and over 40. And, and like David, I am from Yorkshire and have a pet. But that's where the similarities end, because I do have a successful career. Hey, fuck you, Martin Appleyard. Hey, fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, oh there we go. And we discussed that. We did. This, we really should have read this last week. But Chris Webb doesn't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, they are. This is almost as if Martin... Is Martin Appleyard a Evil creation Chris of Chris Webb? Webb? He is incredible. Yeah. They're like Mario and Wario. But he mentions... <laughs> One just has an upside-down moustache. Martin, that Chris... The whole of Chris Webb's letter was how much he hated for his Peter's day off. Well... I'll continue, please. He says, If you have any questions or need further information to assess my suitability for this role, please let me know. Keep watching the film's Martin Appleyard. Well, I would say the listeners need to decide. I think we should do a poll. 
are you Team Appleyard or Team Web? Um, and please send your responses in. Well, you do, can you do a poll on Facebook or Twitter? You could do one on Twitter, but it, 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 people would need to go searching for it. Isn't it? I don't know. Does that work? Why not? We'll do it on Twitter. Okay, we'll do it on Twitter. Keep an eye out for the Chris Webb or Martin Appleyard number one fan top spot. Hey, and if you want to submit yourself to get... I mean, you, you've not emailed in, so you clearly don't care that much. But we will pick our number one fan via Twitter. This is it's in- begun. This is incredible. Appleyard versus Webb. Web. It's the fight of the century, It's I like think. Batman versus Superman. It is a bit like that, but good. It's like, I'm, I'm actually invested in this. Um, here is another letter. Uh, okay. Hi, American David. I'm going to suggest you both... This is from Jack Cooper. I'm going to suggest you both check out the Coen Brothers written and Sam Raimi-directed Crime Wave. There's a 50-50 chance you'll either hate it or inexplicably find yourself oddly enjoying, despite your better judgment, like I did. But there's a hundred percent chance you'll give it loads to talk. It'll give you loads to work on the podcast. Um, secondly, whilst I agree that Locke is a great film, my girlfriend and I almost turned off because Hardy's Welsh accent was so bad. I was quite quite su- sorry. I mean, it's really badly. I was quite surprised to hear zero criticism of his accent by you. And the only conclusion I come to is that you don't spend enough time around Welsh people. I'm Welsh, and to my ears, it is so, so bad. But despite the initial distraction, my girlfriend and I quickly got over it and really got into the film. Even more a testament to how good that film is. Uh, oh, he, he sent a letter in a few weeks ago. We might have not read it out. I, sometimes we forget to read them out, or... I, I, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. We, do, we try and read everything out, but sometimes we just don't... We, we do it on our phones, and we accidentally delete stuff... <laughs> it's true or miss stuff out so we really apologise we haven't read your email out well, that's, um, that's interesting about Locke isn't it because um, I well, firstly I feel I spend exactly the right amount of time around Welsh people which well, is very rarely I had my friend um, who is Welsh another friend who's Welsh said who listened to the podcast about yeah. Locke I said exactly the same really, thing really it's bad his accent it? ruined the film for them I mean it sounds Welsh to me I can't tell so I understand that if yeah. It must be awful. I mean, he's basically just doing this, isn't he? Just do that. Oh, Welshman. Just to finish the letter off. Oh, and one more thing. I just watched Moonrise Kingdom yesterday. I'm doing it in Welsh now. <laughs> I'm doing it in a bad Welsh accent. And I think the reason I liked it, I had them on watch this, sorry, watch this was because you recommended it. Absolutely loved it. Five Jack film. One of the most enjoyable films I've seen in a long time. Thank you, you. <laughs> Keep viewing the movies, Jack. He must have a five-star system. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not the same as the Marek system or the David system. Okay, fine. Five do, jacks is good. We do ten. Uh, should we have one more letter? Why not? Um, oh, it's Philip Lashurney! I'm being attacked by Buddy, so um, I'll try and read this out, but uh, you might hear some panting into the microphone. Phil says, Dear David, Marek and Buddy, Lashurney, Bonjour to le monde. Insert French accent if you want. Zut alors, there is often a bloody scene in the films what spoils it for the uh, test of the, f- the film. <laughs> this is weird. What the? Do you agree? For example, Tarantino acting tough and being racist in Pulp Fiction, Tarantino uh, being Australian in Django, Silver Surfer in Crimson Tide, what? The Chinese bloke in Fargo. Do you agree? 
any others come to mind? Please regarding look. Please keep regarding the films. What was the question? Philippe off Eastbourne. Um, if there's often a bloody scene in the film that spoils it for the rest of the film, for example, Tarantino being tough, uh, acting tough, and being racist in Pulp Fiction. Oh, Fitching. okay. When's he racist? Scenes that. Oh, he's, he, do, he does say the N word a lot, doesn't he? Um, or being a weird Australian in Django on Chain. Yeah. So, is this question really? Is there often a scene where Tarantino spoils a film? I quite in Dust Till Dawn is quite good. Yeah. Um, but I do think in Django Unchained it feels really weird. Well, just because the fact that he's made himself sort of a cult of personality, as in Quentin Tarantino is a brand, and so the fact that he isn't an actor, he's always just playing a version of himself, to suddenly come on with an Australian accent is yeah. really jarring, especially since we haven't seen him in anything since he was quite skinny and he's really fat in Django yeah. so it's so distracting to the point of it, it does bring you out of the reality of it all and it gets a bit it falls apart towards the end of that film I, think. I agree it's weird yeah is, is there other scenes that take you out of the film can't remember I can't think <laughs> can't think have you been to see a thing or seen a thing what have you seen a thing mate oh, I've seen a thing yeah um, I've been watching some more things on Netflix, tracking down some old things, seeing if anything catches my eye. And I watched um, The Island of Dr. Moreau, which is an H.G. Wells story that's been made into quite a few films, um, none of which have been good. <laughs> but this one is... I'm just looking up the date now. Um, it stars um, Michael York in the lead role. From Logan's Run? Michael York and his Basil Exposition in the Austin Powers films. And it's also got Burt Lancaster as uh, Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you know this story, but it's about a shipwrecked dude who ends up on a remote island that's miles away, is in the middle of the Pacific, it's miles away from anywhere. And the only inhabitants of this island are a strange doctor who's doing medical experiments a mercenary who acts as his bodyguard and the weird things that live in the jungle. Oh, it doesn't sound very nice. No, well, turns out, everyone knows this because it's a famous H.G. Wells thing, uh, Dr. Moreau is doing experiments on uh, animals, injecting them with human DNA so they turn into animal people. So there's a bear man and a tiger man and a boar man. Oh, no, not boar man. Let's do him again. Boar man. (laughs) God, boar man. Oh, what is it now, boar man? Well, actually, it's quite an interesting fact. Oh, I've got the M4. (laughs) (laughs) We stopped off the services. um... Me and my my friend Kevin always says to take the uh, the A1M, but no, I mean, he's completely wrong about that. (laughs) Um... So is that what Bormaz like? He's really like that, yeah. And so there's lots of wild animals and also these people. And he's trapped on there with this host, basically. But this film is made in the seventies, and what it, it's not very good. Like it's fine, but what's fascinating is I there's fights between man animals and real live animals. Like there's a fight with a tiger. And a man, a poor fucking theatre actor. All of the animals are so theatre, they're all like, ooh, ooh. Um, I can imagine a phone call. 
Okay, um, okay, Thomas, you've got you an acting job. Yes! yes. <laughs> it's going to be in a film. Yes! You're going to play Boreman. Yes! The man who plays... You've got to fight a live tiger. What? What? <laughs> like, the man who plays Bullman fights the tiger. And this is his photo on IMDb. Is actually him. <laughs> and it's... You go... How the hell was that safe? I read, wow. I read, and I'm showing Marek a photo of it now. I read an extract where apparently the tiger did put his head in its mouth, but luckily the costume was made out of a crash helmet. I mean, the, but it descends this thing. There's, there's just panthers leaping through wooden walls, and they're clearly just being thrown through walls of buildings and stuff. It gets properly like, what the hell am I watching here? Like and and it brings on a sort of life of its own. The film itself is weirdly a bit shit. Um, Michael York's so good. Like mm. I can watch him in anything. And Burt Lancaster's excellent as well. Mm. You know he is properly properly good. But it's a weird film. It's a weird weird film. And, and I, it's on what Netflix is this? Yeah yeah. I think it was Netflix. I watched it on. Yeah. Um, but it is just this island full of. Uh, Full of theatre actors trying desperately to act through very heavy uh, character makeup. Great! It looks, it does look fascinating. Yeah. What What's more fascinating? Because I've I've heard of this story and I'd never seen it, and I just saw this and was like, okay, H.G. Wells, you know, writes good stuff. There's a more interesting version in the '90s that is famous for being one of the worst shoots of any film ever made and it has Val Kilmer in it and Marlon Brando plays Dr Moreau and Val Kilmer was supposed to play the Michael York character Mm. and he hated Brando so much that during the shoot he just said no I want his part instead and, and chose to play the mercenary bodyguard instead so he didn't have as many scenes and so last minute in the middle of filming they had to just wipe everything they'd shot already and helicopter David Thewlis in to play the lead role mm. even though David Thewlis wasn't a famous actor but, and there's, it's read about the making of that there's a documentary about it because oh, okay. apparently it was just such utter chaos and it was terrible film wasn't it apparently was yeah it? absolutely dire And but just when you have two colossal assholes like Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando in the same film together and the poor people who are in heavy character makeup having to just wait for these two to make up their mind what they're oh, doing God. you sit there being attacked by a bear uh, it's, it's fascinating because it's H.G. Wells you know there's War of the Worlds and, mm-hmm. and uh, which they've made good stuff out of. Ta- they've done the time. They've never done the time machine, have they? They, they, they did. They, there was the old Samantha Mumba and um, oh, really? And um, what's his name? Uh, Guy Pierce. They Samantha did a time machine. Mumba. I think it was Samantha Mumba. I might be making that up, but no, Guy, I think you're right. I Guy Pierce right. was definitely in the time machine. Um, but no, no one's made an actually good film out of the island of Doctor Moreau. Um, is it? It's Mark Addy. Is it Samantha Mumba? Have I just completely made that up? I remember. It's Samantha Mumba. Yeah. It is Samantha Mumba. Yeah, in the time machine from uh, 2002. 5.9 on IMDb. Did you see it? No. No, me neither. It looked crap. I mean, Jeremy Irons plays Uber Morlock. He makes some odd choices, Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Um, Well, so worth watching. You know what? It was. There was. Not really. It's. 
there's a very interesting thing with the ending as well, which I won't spoil, but um, watch the director's cut and then you kind of, you'll see what I mean because there's something interesting there. But I would say its only interesting points are to see Michael York doing sterling work. He's really watchable and great. Burt Lancaster's good in the role and... But it's more fascinating just from a sort of animal safety point of yeah. view. It's just like you genuinely feel like you're watching chaos uh, at times. Um, and that that is sort of exhilarating in and of itself, you know. Cool. Yeah. But there How you about go. David? I did I think I'd give it six. I saw a good film when I play yeah. about a uh, set in the turn of the century Swedish film called Everlasting Moments. It might still be on BBC iPlayer. But a lady who had an abusive husband and she sort of turns to photography after she meets, makes friends with this other photographer, sort of early, very early sort of photographers to start taking photos of all the sort of poor people. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Eight marks. That's my little tip. What's it gone? Everlasting moments. Everlasting moments. All right. Well, there like these moments. These moments gone for fucking ever. All right, mate. Everlasting moments. Everlasting moments. Why not tell us your... <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll get on to uh, Apple, uh, Apple Yard versus Web. That's the Apple exciting Yard thing to versus remember. Apple Web. Apple Yard versus Web. Buddy's getting excited already. He is. Um, oh, that's about it, isn't That it? is about it. If you'd like to write to us, please do. Go to filmfandango.com and click on the contact form and we'll get that. And we do all of this for free. I've done all that already. Have you done all that? Early doors, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. You uh, you didn't say the website, but it's filmfandango.com. Oh, you can donate filmfandango.com. Why not write a review? I've listened to other podcasts and they bang on about all this other stuff. I'm saying, write a review on iTunes. If it's a good review, that'll help us. Um, Because I feel it's the same guys we're talking to every week. Do you get that feeling? I feel it's the same. And they're some of the best people on earth. Well, it's established that. We have. Uh, But I'd like to find more good people. I'd like this to be the Jesus of podcasts. Jesus. 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 Uh, How do you say keep watching the films in Spanish? Keep on watching the films. You aced your GCSE. (laughs) Keep watching the films. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.